Hi, I'm Georges. I am a travel fanatic and a volleyball enthusiast. My dream for a long time has been to start a new kind of travel vlog that combines both my desire to explore, discover, or rediscover a part of the world that is dear to me and use it as a medium for cultural conversation. I want to reintroduce you to my voice, particularly to a new series of conversations that I have curated. In this bi-weekly series, I take you along with me in my travels, and I use that as a medium for conversations that embrace both pop culture and political discourse. I dare you to listen. I'm Georges, and this is Culturally Speaking. The structure of this episode is special. I'll share with you one of my visits to Frankfurt, but I'll sprinkle part of my conversation with my sister throughout the episode. We'll talk about corporate life, assimilation, and Africanism, and much more. My sister speaks four languages, so I chose to have this conversation in English. She is an HR professional who works in management recruiting across the European Union. She chose to study and live in Germany and has lived here for more than 10 years. But first, the intro monologue and the question of the day. I was barely in my teens when I started moving moving from a city to another, then a country to another, across continents, discovering new sites, new people, new culture, and even a new me, a changed me, then rinse and repeat. Originally, I moved with my parents, then I moved to follow my own dreams, but now it seems like I have to move, like I can only be myself if I'm moving, if I'm new, if I'm discovering, if I am the outsider. In some sense, I moved to stay whole. I realized pretty early on that the importance of taking in the present, acknowledging it, and acknowledging the transition from one moment to another. Acknowledge the moment, acknowledge time. It was a moment in time. That's a phrase I used to remind myself to acknowledge that life is happening now. It was a moment in time. I use it not only when I'm moving, at the end of a vacation, but also at the end of a relationship. Acknowledge a moment that I would not get to relieve, a history that only I fully understand, or a moment that has settled and altered who I am. Now I get to be in another one. See, I love transforming myself when I move, picking or choosing what part of myself to reveal or present. However, I do not enjoy transforming when it feels like it's not a choice, but an obligation to be more palatable. We all would love to think we live in a world where authenticity is accepted and celebrated from anyone. But in public life today, there's clearly a successful track record of code switching, especially for Black folks. My question today is, are you betraying your culture, your people, your ancestors, and maybe even yourself when you code switch, when you adjust, when you alter for someone else's pleasure or comfort It is part of the price a Negro pays for his part in this society that he is almost always acting. A Negro learns how to gauge exactly what reaction the ill person facing him desires. He produces it with disarming artfulness. James Baldwin. We start the conversation today by discussing diversity and assimilation in the German corporate world. Frankfurt would never have been a city on my bucket list. 
The only reason I find myself here often is because of my sister. But after every visit, I love the city a little more. It already has the two things that I love in a city the beautiful river and chill vibes. I never take for granted the fact that I have multiple homes across the globe, so I try to enjoy each city when I get the chance to be present. Spending time with my family is also a great added perk. I also don't speak German, so sometimes I need my sister to translate, even though most Germans do speak some English. cultures into two separate categories and I understand that there may be some grace between those two but either the, the company had a culture of assimilation where you're expected to join into the company and kind of emulate or assimilate into the culture and copy what someone else is doing kind of strip away everything that makes you different and kind of fit in or sometimes very rarely so there are companies who really want you with all your differences. They want the differences in opinion, the differences in background. And those are the companies for me who focus really on diversity. Not only like your mission, but also in the way they, they live it, right? In the way they practice it in the company. In general, in Germany, what would you say the culture is? Is it more toward assimilation or is it more toward diversity? Um, the German culture asks you to fit. There's like um, a baking pan and right. everyone. Um, but once you realize that, and I think that's what helped me a lot until now, is that I realized we are we are doing that most of the time because we are afraid. We are afraid of, of something new. Because all the Germans, they are the last people on TV show. Right. They will be R&D as much as they want, but they are not using it. <laughs> They are not using yeah. it. Um, I always try to not to assimilate myself because right. after I, I did that before. Right. I saw how damaging it can be for myself. Um, so right now in each in each company I in each team I'm involved in. If I see assimilation, I show innovation. The architecture of Frankfurt has a very strong character. Although most buildings along the banks of the main river have a very simple structure, you'd also detect the very imposing Gothic architecture that defined the character of the city, especially Greek Gothic, a specific style of Gothic architecture common in Northern Europe, especially in Northern Germany and the regions around the Baltic Sea without natural rock resources. The buildings are built more or less using only bricks. But if you're looking for the most postcard appropriate location, stop at Romberg, a series of timber frame buildings in the center of Frankfurt. This post and beam construction is a traditional method of building with heavy timber, creating structures using squared off and carefully fitted timber joints, secured by large wooden pegs. 
The structural frame of the load-bearing timber is left exposed on the exterior of the building for decorative effect. Frankfurt is also one of the major economic hubs of the European Union. This explains the modern skyscrapers in the center of the city that adds to the diversity of the architecture. A peaceful river to stroll along. An urban and peaceful city, views that are ravishing and yet not overwhelming. Everything makes it enjoyable. What is even more amazing is that you would rarely find herds of tourists in Frankfurt, clearly an underrated city. Back to the conversation, where we tackle the question of the Black diaspora's relationship to the continent and to Blackness itself. I want to talk about the similarities that we think exist between Black people living in Africa or Black people living in the U.S., Black people living in the EU, do you find that your similarities, because we've had the, the chance to interact with people, with Black people in all those places, mm-hmm. what differences do you think there are between Black people in all those three places? We haven't been to the Caribbean, and we know that there's a completely different mm-hmm. way of life, of being Black in the Caribbean. But what differences do you think there are between Black people in the US, in the EU, and in Africa? Um, in the EU, Geographically near to Africa, right? So we we live here, to where we come from, but only on the ice of the on, on the top of the yeah. relief, right. if I can put it like that. Um, in the U.S., what I saw is that people relate not only with the story, uh, they relate with emotions. Right. Because they are so far from home, right? That geographically, geographically, that they would they, they go deeper, right, into the relation with home, okay. with home, with where, with with also with the why, right? In Europe, they, we don't the people don't really relate with the why; they relate with where. Okay. What do you mean by the, what do you mean? What do you mean by? We relate with the why. What exactly do you mean by that? Uh, why the relation with why is like in. I think in the what I saw in the U.S. for example was people more thinking about their culture. Why are you doing this? They are they are questioning the culture, oh. not in the not in the way of critics. That they are interested in understanding why, oh. or and also in practicing. In so, practicing the culture right. more than we here in Europe, where people are okay, I come from there. They keep the they keep the nice the parts, the nice right. part right. of the culture and leave the rest. Yeah, I, I definitely get that point. So, so, so the, the why I definitely get the why now is they try to understand the way in which we do things today and like track it to the origins of why we do those things mm-hmm. the way we do it. Mm-hmm. Black, Black America has already understood. 
what the place of Africa is in the world. And they are already doing the work of propagating that space. And they do it through present through storytelling, through movies, through fictions like Black Panther. But they are already kind of putting together the philosophy uh, and the storytelling around putting Africa back in the place where, where it belongs. To close today's pod, let's talk about the recent crisis of the Supreme Court. Is the Supreme Court the most corrupt part of the U.S. government? Over the past few days, there's been a drip of news about how some Supreme Court justices and their family members have been receiving money from billionaires. Clarence Thomas basically has his whole lifestyle paid for by a billionaire who pays for his vacations, flights, yachts, pays for tuition for some of his family members, and even pays for his mother's house. Someone should define corruption for me, because if this is not corruption, then I really don't know what is. How do we let the most significant decisions affecting our lives, our prospects, our bodies, be dictated by individuals who seem to be mere puppets? This quote from John Lewis seems to be the most fitting to end today's pod. Thus, it is not only the politician, but the people also, who participate in this grand denial. They don't stay engaged or informed. They allow others to interpret the facts for them. They do no independent research. They are exhausted by critical thinking. Yet, they feel betrayed when they are confronted by corruption and politics that shatter your illusions.